This episode is brought to you by Visit Williamsburg. In Williamsburg, Virginia, there's never too much of a good thing. Whether you're a foodie, a golfer, a history buff, a shopaholic, an outdoor enthusiast, or a thrill seeker, you'll find what you came for here and more. So ask yourself, what is it you want? Discover Williamsburg and plan your trip at visitwilliamsburg.com. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. This is Optimal Relationships Daily, episode 1486. Five ways to prepare for empty nest way before you get there by Dr. Margaret Rutherford of drmargaretrutherford.com. Hello, everybody, and welcome. This is ORD, and I'm Greg Audino, your host and narrator. Happy to be here with you once again, and this time with a post from Dr. Margaret Rutherford, whose work is so valuable uh, when looking to build upon many relationships in our lives. So, with that said, Let's keep this intro nice and short and dive into her post about preparing for an empty nest as we optimize your life. Five Ways to Prepare for Empty Nest, Way Before You Get There by Dr. Margaret Rutherford of drmargaretrutherford.com I remember the last Valentine's Day I was going to have my son at home, as well as the last Ides of March, the last Maypole Day. It can get a little ridiculous. I tried to get my heart and my head on straight about this empty nest I was about to experience. I had counseled people making other life transitions, like divorce or retirement. I learned that preparation was key to those transitions going well. So I followed these five steps, very purposefully, started way before he actually left. And it helped me a lot. So I offer them to you. Number one, relish each stage of your child's life, then let it go. Stay in the present and enjoy, rather than worrying that there is a set amount of time for childhood. You relish that time, you wrap yourself up in it, then you can let go when it's time. What is letting go? It's not looking back. When one of my goddaughters was four, her mother asked her if she was looking forward to turning five the next day. With tears in her eyes, she said, No, Mommy, I loved being four. We parents are like that sometimes. We cling to our children and wish they weren't growing up. We look back and say, oh, if only they were two or four or seven or dot, dot, dot. Well, maybe no one wishes their child was 13 or 14 again. We kind of want to skip that age. Instead, look forward to the next age. There will be new things to learn. It's just the unfamiliar is always more scary. Relish, then don't look back. Number two, work on your relationship with your partner. This may begin with questions. How has being parents affected your relationship? Have you maintained a good balance? Are you glad to see him or her walk in the door at night? I would encourage that you and your partner begin talking a year or more before that last child leaves about what it's going to be like without children in the house. Talk about what you're looking forward to. What are your fears? If you're having these kinds of talks, that's a good sign about your marriage in the first place. Sometimes a child can serve a function in their parents' relationship, a buddy, a confidant. This is not good, mind you, for the couple or the child. 
His or her departure may reveal what has been sealed from view. You may need to tackle some real problems. You may need to get to know your partner again. Number three, start focusing on friendships, both new and old. As active parents, many of us put our own lives on hold to focus on our kids, that whole relishing thing from number one. Our friendships are vital, however. Keep the old ones close during this hands-on parenting time. Then with Empty Nest, you have more opportunity and time to create new ones. Your child's life will be filled with fresh experiences. It's good if yours is as well. Old friends are to be treasured. New friends? Your world expands even more. Number four, discover your own creativity and power. A lot of folks will tell you they don't know what their talents are or what they have to offer. I was a good mom, but I don't know what else I can do. I give an assignment to patients who can't answer this question. Think of things that either, one, you've always wanted to do but never done, or two, your best friend would tell me, oh, she would never do that. These again are simple things, doable things. I ask that the patient do one thing a day. An example of number one would be, go down a street you've always wanted to go down, eat a vegetable you've never eaten, read a magazine that you've been curious about. An example of number two, for me, to wear red shoes. I don't like my feet and I don't wear flashy shoes. It's always a vastly interesting thing what happens within the exercise. It's to show that change can occur, that you can grow in ways that you didn't realize. Some of you are saying, I'm not creative, I don't have any talents. Try the assignment. You have to find hope first that you can grow. You can inch your way out of your comfort zone. Start branching out, baby steps. That will give you the energy, both mental and emotional, to take more risks. Number five, taking time to care for yourself. We all hear this until we're deaf to it. How many of you do it? There's more research coming out every day on how regular exercise, good nutrition, etc. can greatly increase the chance of a more positive aging experience. You have to make yourself important. You've made your child important. You just listened to the post titled, Five Ways to Prepare for Empty Nest, Way Before You Get There, by Dr. Margaret Rutherford of drmargaretrutherford.com. And a post from Dr. Margaret that we are really thankful for. Now, I don't know exactly how she approaches transitions with her clients or her patients, but I do want to put the spotlight on the story that she shared about one of her goddaughters. Whether it's preparing for empty nest or any type of big change, whether or not that change comes with seeing less of a certain person that means a lot to us, I think we always have the opportunity to appreciate what stage we're about to leave and what we've learned from it. You might be having your own version of a meltdown before turning age five. Maybe you're having a tough time with a move, changing jobs, or transferring schools. Well, what has this phase in your own life meant to you? How have you grown from it? And how has that growth not only prepared you for what's next, but also maybe made you less dependent on keeping a certain time of life around? Maybe this phase you're about to exit has shown you that people you care for will still love and support you even if you won't see them as much. Or maybe it's taught you a lot about how to get by on your own without needing as much aid from others as you've been used to. I know that I recently made a huge shift in which I just got a lot more comfortable with allowing valuable times and relationships in my life to leave when they need to, and having that confidence that I will indeed be okay without them. So it's my hope for all of you that you can undergo something similar if you need to, 
uh, and I really believe that this is a great post for that. So with that, uh, we're going to get going for now, everyone. I really appreciate you being here today and joining me for this one. Have a fun, safe Friday, and I'll be here with you again tomorrow for another post. That's where your optimal life awaits.